As the world begins to emerge from the cave of the 21st century and opens its eyes onto the suffering from centuries of injustice and the bastardization of what it means to be free, the new Nomos podcast is a call. A call for a new beginning. A call for the new men and the new women that yearn to be truly free. A call for us to fulfill our destiny. A call for a new Nomos on the earth. Welcome to the New Nomos Podcast. I'm Abdallah Dutton, inviting you to join me on this journey of discovery to define what the New Nomos is and what we need to get there. A couple of months ago, I started my journey in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at the Henzo Gracie Academy in Cape Town. Last week, my gym hosted the African Continental Pro Competition as part of the AJP Tour, where Abdul Majid Faudi, Jordan's number one Jiu Jitsu competitor, won the gold for his weight category. The following day, I was invited to a dinner that he attended, and while he was talking about submissions, it was as if for the first time I realized that the word Islam means submission. And as one of the basic goals of BJJ is to force your opponent into submission, it made me think it's almost as if every submission on the mats is a little reminder of who is really in control. And that as Muslims, those who submit, the only one that we bow down to is Allah. And so from that, I had to invite Abdul Majid onto my podcast to discuss his journey, his experiences, and his philosophy in BJJ in more detail. So, without much further ado, I present to you episode 18, Submission, BJJ, and Being Present in the Moment. My dad did karate. Right. He did Shotokan and Shoron Ryu. So... I was into martial arts, but never really did it. Even my father never pushed me towards it because he knew the sport aspect of it. You know, it won't pay the bills, kind of. In Jordan, athletes don't get much support, so he always wanted to push me aside from it. So he he wasn't really the father that you'd expect coming from a, like a sport background. Usually fathers want their kids to do the same. My father was the opposite. He, he kind of even pushed me away from it. Oh, wow. But uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I found something, though, and something else, you know. I found yeah. my passion in jiu-jitsu. But how it all began, my teenage years, I was starting to gain weight uh, as a kid because my parents uh, separated and uh, my dad was always traveling. So I was just eating junk food all the time. We didn't, like, we just ordered McDonald's a lot mm. and, like, had like candies and whatever no, nobody was told us you can't keep doing that and yeah so we just and i was playing a lot of video games so you keep eating without you noticing and just sitting you're not moving so i started gaining a lot of weight and uh i remember every single year uh i'd be like doing like a study camp at my cousin's he he was more academic than i was so my, my parents would kick me to his house and like for me to get inspired or he i know he, he's like in a boot camp mode so if he has to study he's not he's always focused and i have to study as well so i remember we used to like in our breaks i used to always tell him i want to lose weight and stuff and like two years passed by and i kept saying the same thing every single time we had finals and stuff and one time he said this word like he said you're only filled with words you always say the same thing and you never never do it and I was like 16 that year. And I remember I had a, also an incident in school where I kind of got bullied about it. And it wasn't very nice. It came out actually from a girl in school. A group of people sent her to like joke around and like make fun of my physique, you know. And, like, uh, and everybody was laughing. So it kind of hit me hard. So I remember walking back home. I was like, I looked at myself in the mirror. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. 
I'm I'm fed up. You know, I will lose weight. Wow. And uh, I, I I was on and off into gyms, just bodybuilding, kind of like doing anything, you know. But I, it's really boring, especially when you're not seeing much results and stuff. So I need something to stimulate. I wanted something that's kind of fun. The same cousin, right. he did kickboxing and he was good at it. So I was like, I want to go with you. And I started doing some kickboxing, but I was scared, man. I was scared to get punched and kicked, you know. And uh, I was just an easy target, you know. I was just a flubber kind of kid. <laughs> I was like short, 110 kilos. So I'm just a big round kid, and it's so easy to hit, and I'm too slow. And it, it just bothered me, and I was always like the kind of kid that was kind of scared. So I didn't like going, and it got a little bit physical. So I was a little bit soft, you can say, and uh, it wasn't my thing. But I, I stuck with it for seven months. I kept going, and that was the beginning of my, let's say, the route to resilience. I kept challenging myself mm. in my head, even though it was super difficult, you know, for me at least. Uh, seven months into it, I wasn't losing much weight and I wasn't learning. I was more of a punching bag. So we had another cousin of ours. He was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu and, uh, he kept pushing us to try jiu-jitsu and we're like, nah, man, kickboxing is the best. All it takes is one punch and I'll knock you out. And when we were at, uh, we'd go to our grandma's house every Friday and like so, one time he he said, "I want to challenge your style, kinda, kinda, okay. like a, like a kumate kind of thing." You right, know? right. So I was like, "But I'm gonna punch you." And he's like, "Do whatever you want." Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a couple of years older than me. So we started at my grandma's house in like one of the salons, and he took me down and he beat me up and choked me out. And I was <laughs> like, "But I was still in denial. I was still like saying, ah." I couldn't punch you because you're my cousin and you know, I was taking it easy and and he kept taking me down, beating me up and uh, same happened with a friend of mine who also started jiu-jitsu and, and he also kicked my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like starting to believe in it a little bit. Maybe it is effective. <laughs> so one time me and the same cousin who started out kickboxing to and we were like, let's do jiu-jitsu together and MMA. Because we were starting to watch MMA a lot. YouTube was present. We started watching a lot 2008, 2009. Some old pride fights. Some MMA, like really old school fights. Valetudo, no bare knuckles and stuff. And we were always like, man, this is so hardcore. This is freaking intense. And uh, so we're like... And a jiu-jitsu school started teaching somewhat MMA, so they'll separate half the class. And when sparring started, you can either do jiu-jitsu or you can do MMA. So we're like, all right, we'll do the jiu-jitsu part. And um, I liked it a lot, but also I really had trouble as an obese kid. You know, mm -hmm. like I couldn't move properly. I was always also a punching bag there. I got choked out a lot. I'm <laughs> locked a lot. And I, I was always scared, but... Somehow, it was still a little bit more fun than, like, kickboxing. Kickboxing, I was scared of the guys there. They were super good, and usually people don't take it easy there, you know. Jiu-jitsu is more flowy. So then I um, I kept at it. I always wanted to quit, like, every single day. And, like, uh, I used to have, like, it's because of the problems with the weight. It just bothered me. I couldn't, I couldn't move properly. I was like, man, it's too hard. But I kept going. I don't know why. <laughs> and uh, after a while, I remember this turning point. This guy who always used to beat me. Six months in, I arm locked him. And he was like one of the top guys. And I, I remember that day. I remember exactly where we were next to the window too in the gym. <laughs> and I arm locked him. And that was from, I think that was just kind of the start to the momentum of, all right. I can get good at this if I put in the work because I was always beat by this guy and I kind of mm. always like calculated it in my head before class. Like, ah, I'm going to face this guy. I know he's going to put me with him. But it, I kept kind of, it's like, it was always truthful. You always faced your fears somehow because mm. this guy ain't going nowhere. So 
coming every day to class and he's in your face. So I was forced to face my fears. Yeah, we like comfort as humans, you know. You don't want to face your fears all the time. So I was put, luckily enough, all my challenges always think of it, thinking of it now. Uh, it's They were all opportunities to grow. So I'm really thankful for them, each and every one of them. Uh, even though some of them were really hard. And uh, so I picked up from there and I... I remember uh, I had a little incident when we were in school. My best friend passed away. May Allah have mercy on him. And it, it was just a hard time. And I remember the only time I could get my mind off it was jiu-jitsu. Because wow. in class, first of all, I really pushed myself. Because, like, kind of, you know how you work hard when you're going through something, like using your anger, using your sadness just to, it's not, I won't say it's healthy fuel, but it's all right to use it somewhat, sometimes. It's still a fuel. Yeah. And I really used it while I was an angry kid, you know, because mm. I wanted to know, like, why did this happen? And like, he was kind of my only friend. I only had like two friends. I was always bullied and stuff. And one of them oh, went wow. right, went yeah. away, you know. So it was really hard times for me. But I remember jiu-jitsu kind of helped save. I don't want to save me. I can say, yeah, it was a part of my remedy, let's say. Also, the beauty about jiu-jitsu is like, even if you have the world's problems, if you go into class, you have to be present. So you can't think of the past and you can't think of the future. Otherwise, the guy is going to choke you, break your foot. <laughs> so you're always in the moment, you know. And it's a beautiful thing that uh, gets you into manifesting the now or whatever they call it. Yeah, like, yeah. 100%. Like being present is very important nowadays. And always we get carried away with the past or the future, you know, the, the sadness or the worries. I realized it was the only thing helping me. Yeah. So then I started really enjoying it more and I realized after he passed away, life is too short. I was like, the only thing I enjoyed was jiu-jitsu. So kind of like, I was like, deep down, I had a shy dream, like hidden dream. It's like, maybe I want to do this, you know, mm. for a living. Maybe I want to do this. No, I wasn't even thinking about it for a living. I was just thinking, I just want to do this. I want to become yeah. a world champion. And I never shared it with anybody. It started off from there, and I never told anybody about it, but I kept putting more work, watching more videos, and I remember I was first to enter the class and last to leave. I'd come early, do the kids' class, help out, just to learn extra, see how the coaches teach, and learn. You know, even if you learn from basic techniques or kids' stuff, you're still learning. So I was always, I just wanted to be in the gym, because that was like my safe haven, you know, it was what... My, my zone, that's the only zone that made me forget things. So I was spending a lot of time there, and I noticed I started picking it up. I lost 40 kilograms in wow. like nine months doing jiu-jitsu, even less, a little bit less than that, just because I cut out all the... I haven't had a soda in like uh, 11 years. Like I had a, maybe a couple of root beers, uh, and I started fixing my diet. I just lost all that weight and I started gaining confidence and, and it was towards the end of my high school. Right. Wow. So I you're was, still really young. Yeah. And uh, I was going to sign up for university, you know, and at first I wasn't doing very well academically and my dad wanted to, like he said, hey, you're going to have to stop jujitsu. And I remember telling him, I'll do better. Just keep me training. I'll, I'll I'll do my studies and uh, actually the only thing that got me through school and university is jiu-jitsu and I'll explain later on. Wow, that's it's, that's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. almost feels like it's the wrong way around. <laughs> yes, it it was a great motivator for me, you know, and I even picked my university based on jiu-jitsu, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, so. I was in time to start applying for colleges. I didn't apply in the right time. So I was like, just going to study in Jordan. And my dad was like, no, you got to get your higher education abroad. And I was like, late to sign up, you know. And I remember I applied to universities and I got two acceptance. One in Kingston and one in Nottingham. And I remember there was a, a jiu-jitsu team, like a world 
class team called Alianza uh, back in the days that had the franchise in Nottingham. And I was like, I always looked up to Alianza guys and they were like tough people and world champions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So just the name was stuck in my head. It wasn't like even a, like a world champion wasn't in that school teaching, but I was just, I wanted to go to Alianza. Because right. they're probably going to be sending somebody once a year or, and they, they did. They did. They did send the world champion first year I got there and it was awesome. So I basically picked university based on jiu-jitsu school. Uh, long story short, I went there and I even like at first didn't find the gym. It took me, I went two or three hours early because I knew something might happen <laughs> and I wanted to make sure I arrived early, you know, and I ended up looking for the place for two hours and it was in a, like a warehouse kind of thing. So I couldn't find it and I almost gave up but in the end. I just looked up and it was like, um, I saw some trophies on the window. Uh-huh. It was Ashley Street in Nottingham. This is just a small street. I just looked up and there were like kickboxing trophies on, on the window. I was like, maybe that's the gym. And I walked around and I saw like an intercom and I buzzed it. And yeah, it turns out it was the gym and I found it. And from that day on, uh, this is where the dream came alive. I mean, at this time you were still a white belt. Yeah, less than a year into it, you know, yeah. um, maybe nine months into it, 10 months into it. And uh, so... First day I arrived, it was a Sunday, so woke up next day, and I was like, uh, I signed up in university, did my things, and that night I just went to the gym, like my second day there, and did nothing happen. And um, I met my best friend there, uh, his name is Jordan Summers, and he was so good at jiu-jitsu. He was just a young, shy kid, very tough, very technical, smaller guy. I was amazed by him. And uh, so he was always in the gym too. So one time we were like doing extra training and we kind of had like that kind of moment where we shared dreams. Uh, I was like, I just asked him randomly. I don't know. I don't know how I mustered up the energy to ask somebody. It's like, what do you want to do in life? Because I wasn't that kind of person before. Now I am, <laughs> but I was like, and he was like, uh, I really like jujitsu. I want to be something in jujitsu. And he had a shy dream too. And he never told anybody about it. And we kind of shared the same thing that day. And from that day on, we just stuck through it and we just worked really hard. And we'd be like four or five, six hours sometimes in the gym. And we'll be studying techniques, drilling, doing repetitive amounts of techniques and just keep going at it and do all the classes we can and think of what competition is coming up next and from that day on i just knew i wanted to do jiu-jitsu and uh i was lucky enough to meet him you know how we were saying some nothing happens by coincidence subhanallah he was meant to be in my life for that reason fast forward finished university i told my dad i wanted to pursue jiu-jitsu i just want to go to the states and train at the best school in the world just see what it takes to become the best you know so i just finished university fresh graduate and my dad agreed to send me off for like a camp for six months uh everything worked out smoothly like better than i even i planned which camp was this i went to san diego to atos headquarters to Andre Galvao's school. He's a multiple time world champion. And uh, yeah, my dad supported me and he told me go try. And I was there, I was in the best school and I saw what it takes, you know. I saw that anybody can do it, it's a matter of who pays the price. So uh, before I always, me and Jordan, back in the UK always said, ah, what do we have to do to become the top guys? And if I can go back in time, I'd tell me and Jordan, we were even doing it better than them. Wow. Yeah. We just didn't believe in ourselves because we didn't have the resources or the world champion coach Mm. or whatever, you know. But when I went there, I realized the best partner I've ever had is Jordan. And he was so good. He, He was a world champion material. Yeah, I wish he continued, but he simply didn't want it. 
anymore. Mm. That's all right in life. At the end of the day, follow what you want, but it has to be from you, from within. If it comes from within, that's good. But if it's influenced, uh, yeah, maybe just make sure you don't have regrets in life, you know. I'm just coming back to your story. Yeah. It's just amazing, man, because I don't know if you see the picture there, the the man with the fez on. Yeah. So that man, Sheikh Abdukada, a Sufi, and he was my sheikh and oh. a, a big mentor, and I, I lived in his house for three or four years. MashaAllah. Um, Looks like a very nice, nice man. Bright, comforting. His face is comforting. Allah. Yeah. He died three months ago. And May Allah have mercy on him. I mean, uh, I, I, this year has been a really strange year for me. I mean, for, for, for everybody. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. All yeah, over the world. I can relate. With yeah. everything, COVID, you name it. And I had COVID at the beginning of this yeah, yeah. year. And I was smoking at least a packet every day, if oh, not two wow. packets of cigarettes. I put on a lot of weight eating junk. I got COVID and it was bad. I mean, I mean, to the point that I remember, the, I remember the one night I'm lying in bed and I'm like, okay, خلاص. خلاص. Just, you know, you're struggling to breathe yeah. and just relax and let it happen, you know, but there was a fear. There was a big fear in me. I was asking myself, like, why am I afraid of death? Why am I afraid of going? Like, what, what is it? We, we're Muslim. We don't, we shouldn't fear death in that same way. And so I'm asking myself and I'm like, yeah, okay. It's like I'm, I'm not being who I'm supposed to be. I'm not living up to my potential. I'm not doing what I should be doing in the world. So of course I'm scared. I don't want to go now. I haven't done what I, what I set out to, to do. do, you know. And, I, and, you know, then you've also got a wife, you've got children, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you find your motivation to kind of pull through and you, you, you come out the other side and still here. But, it was like, at that point, I stopped smoking, and then I started smoking again, I stopped smoking, I started smoking, I stopped smoking, started smoking. And like this whole year, I've been quitting smoking and starting again and quitting. Then three months ago, the Sheikh died. And at the, at the, at the, again, somebody had told me about jujitsu. I'd never heard of jujitsu. I mean, I'd watch MMA, you know, but I didn't, I didn't know what jujitsu was, you know. And one of my friends, he started doing it, Khalid. He started at the same time as Salman. From last night, but he was at a, he's at a different gym. Right. Someone's at Enzo Gracie. I knew that I needed to learn perseverance, or I needed to train perseverance. I was very disciplined at school, and then after leaving school, whatever the situation that I was in, it just like I started getting lazy and lazy and yeah, lazy yeah. and lazy. And so they were telling me about jujitsu, and I did a little bit of research. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I, I want to try this out. You know, after the sheikh died, I finally I said to someone, I said, someone, just come and fetch me from the house. Don't give me any opportunity Chance. to make an excuse. Come and fetch me from my house and just take me. And he did. I quit smoking the same day I started jiu-jitsu. Oh, wow. Nice. I've been doing jiu-jitsu now two and a half months. Well, I know exactly. I, today was day 70 of not smoking. Oh, wow. So in that it's like somehow, and, and, and I don't know whether it's, you know, there's so many things there that just resonate with your story of, of you know, death grieving yeah jujitsu perseverance discipline yeah i don't know what it is but they kind of all just go together um jujitsu is amazing in a lot of senses uh first of all it gave me the confidence to be me i i, I like to be philosophical towards it one of the things i would like to say about it basically jujitsu is uncomfortable it puts you in to things you don't want to be in. Like, if you've ever been mounted by somebody, the guy's sweaty and, and like, it's not nice having somebody pinning you and you can't, you feel helpless, you know, because he knows what he's doing and you keep, you're not. And I was like, kind of, well, like, maybe everybody's in such situations are claustrophobic and pe would start panicking. And it teaches you basically to become calm even in the worst of conditions. Like, I always tell my friends, your body is used to fight or flight mode as if it's a fun thing. <laughs> You're playing a game where it's basically you can kill somebody in a yeah. sense. It's, it's Martial arts are effective, you know? Yeah. And uh, 
it's like it became normal to your head like you're going to training you're and you're always in bad situations but you're still calm so it's kind of weird like you can actually get accustomed to being calm in really bad situations and one of my favorite fighters i used to look up to is um cron gracie and that guy came to fight he'll finish anybody in front of him he doesn't care if you're 50 kilos 100 kilos heavier than him and uh, his nickname was uh, Ice Cream Cron. Because <laughs> his motto was stay cool under pressure. You know, like, so they called him Ice Cream Cron. And um, it's funny, in the States one time I got a compliment. Like, ah, oh, look at this kid. He, he's Cron Gracie's little brother. Because we fought the same style. We go to finish. And uh, I, I fought an absolute division that day. And I beat a bigger guy. So everybody was like, hey, look at that. This kid looks like. Even I had long hair, so I kind of looked like him. So everybody was like, ah, Crown Gracie's little brother, what are you doing here? Uh, and it's funny. Uh, and it, it taught me to be me, uh, jiu-jitsu. And, well, it's more about not just jiu-jitsu. It's about chasing what you really want in life. Mm. So it can be painting or collecting coins. I don't care what it is. Uh, if you're passionate about something, it kind of uncovers you makes you the best version you can be because let's like even my own parents didn't agree with what i wanted to do at the beginning you know because it's they they want the best for you everybody wants the best for you but sometimes you want the best for yourself you know <laughs> uh there's this guy that used to say uh follow what you want and if you become a master in it somebody will come and appreciate your art and it's true like uh and this happened here in cape town like uh some people walked up to me yesterday in the tournament and they were like, you did very well. I, and they started asking me questions. Some guy asked me for a seminar. And, and I'm starting just for my first time in my life seeing that, oh, this is becoming into fruition. And it was this this experience. I wasn't going to come here last week. And it was all last minute, alhamdulillah. And I met cool people. And um, the blessings I got, through following what I like is first and foremost, like I was saying, is uncovering my true self. Because deep down, is what I wanted to do. It wasn't influenced by culture. It wasn't influenced by tradition. I opposed everything almost. <laughs> Coming from Jordan, you know. Ah, you want to become an athlete? Everybody told me no. And uh, as a rebellious, the inner rebellious me, I was like, you know what? I just want to, it makes me happy and I'm just going to keep going. And I'm here till today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alhamdulillah. I just remember Jacob Dunkada again saying he was having lunch with George Harrison from the Beatles. Oh, all right. They, he was friends with him in the, the 60s. Oh, nice. And George Harrison said, and the Sheikh used to recount this, said, I've never met a millionaire that made his money from doing something that he didn't love. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, uh, the, I learned so many lessons through this journey. Um, first of all, because it's a truthful journey towards yourself, is it shows you what's true in other things too. I remember uh, watching a lot of people who were successful and people who are not successful. Like in my country, people used to, you listen to their advices and you know who's successful and who's not. Mm. Like a successful person would always tell you to follow what you want. Like Richard Branson wouldn't tell me uh, start up an uh, airplane company. <laughs> that would be nuts because if I lose my money or whatever, I'm going to go back to him and say, you told me to do this. It has to be a vision within that you believe because when it gets hard, you won't continue unless you believe in that vision in your head. And you need that goals and dreams that comes from within uninfluenced by others because that's the only way you'll persevere because it's something you want not influenced by others and uh speaking of richard branson i remember my uncle on his deathbed may allah have mercy on him uh he asked me what are you doing in life and i said he's like are you happy he had cancer and i remember him switching up Subhanallah, when somebody gets sick with a terminal disease and he kind of knows he's going, his perspective on life changes. 
And he was just so positive. SubhanAllah, like you think, Alhamdulillah, as Muslims, we get it. You look at it in a beautiful way. It's like Allah is giving you a chance to prepare your bags. And uh, my uncle asked me, are you happy? And I said, yeah, I am happy following what I want. Sometimes it's hard and it, sometimes it doesn't, you don't see it happening right now. So it's, it's difficult. And you always question yourself. And he told me about the time where he met Richard Branson in London. It was a funny story, but long story short. And that's why I gave that example about him. And I noticed successful people tell you follow what you want. Never would he advise you do like me and invest in something. They'll give a general advice. You know what I mean? But people who are not successful in life, like one of my uncles, who never kind of worked in his life, was telling me to forget my passion. Because uh, it won't pay bill. It's based out of fears. It's fascinating what you're saying. Because it's, it's the truth. At, at first, it used to bother me when people used to like um, put me down or tell me things like that. At first, I even used that fuel we talked about. Like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Now Nowadays, it's even changed. I don't want to prove nothing. And if anything, I want to be a light. I want to be like light. You know, instead of tell them, I told you so. Maybe I'll open up their eyes and show them that it's never too late even for them. Maybe not for me. Maybe it'll be supportive towards their kid one day. I'll be like, ah, Abdul Majid did prove me wrong. But I don't want to be like, before I wanted to be like, ah, I told you so. I want to rub it in your face. <laughs> yeah. But now, no, I want to kind of lift that shade that's been blocking their vision. Amazing. You know? Like I said, Jiu-Jitsu is truthful in a way. And one of the guys uh, who I look up to, one of the good teachers in the world, he was saying, Jiu-Jitsu basically shows you people. And in, in a sense... He was saying, like, because uh, you gain that confidence and strength, it allows you to be you. And uh, it's like he said, if he's a good person, it will just show he's a good person. If he's a bad person, he'll use it for the bad. But the good thing about jiu-jitsu, it's humbling. Like, the guys who wanted to train for wrong reasons, to beat up people or use it to, like, show off and stuff, they have big egos. And uh, they never show up again once they get humiliated. That's the thing, you know. So it's also kind of a good sport where very few are bad people because it's very humbling, you know, yeah, getting yeah. you. Uh, I remember this one time in the UK, uh, this big rugby guy or like he's a huge kid. He's a little bit older than me, but he's in university. So I remember he was like, uh, his biceps is as big as my thigh, you know. <laughs> He was huge. He's like a thick guy, does bodybuilding, thinks he's strong. And I remember the first round, my instructor put him against me and he, he, he commented. He said, ah, with this rabbit? Like he looked at me as a small rabbit. And my instructor just looked at him and he's like, you'll see. Shut up. <laughs> and um, I remember we... The timer started, we shook hands, and I just straight up arm-dragged him, took his back, and choked him out in less than 15 seconds. <laughs> and he's like, and I remember his, he said, ah, you're a fast rabbit. I'm like, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I put a beating so bad on him, I've never seen his face ever again. And because he was, he just, it was, he, he got humbled. This sport is humbling, so not everybody likes to be humbled by force, you know. Just out of curiosity. Yes. I mean, you're a black belt now. Yeah. You've been doing it for 11 years. Yeah, almost. You're competing in a number of championships. Yes. Is it still humbling? Of course. Of course. Is it uh, more humbling? It is. It is in uh, like uh, the quote from Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So you're just more aware of your power. So it's more humbling every time. It's also... Like in anything, anything you do, if you're really a person of knowledge, it should humble you. Like they used to say, scholars uh, are like um, the wheat plant. And if you're filled, it puts your head down. Uh, so the more you know in, let's say, in Islam, and the more you know in knowledge of Allah, the more humble you are, because you know who Allah is. Mm. So the more you know, it should make you more humble you know mm. 
I, back in the days, I want to share also this about my dream was to become a world champion. But even that, that's small. Okay, you're a world champion. You really want it and you beat all the best. And you wake up the next day and it's all over again. Okay, you won 2020 world championships. The next day, you start, you want to get 2021 so it only lasts a day it's a piece of metal at the end of the day but what it resembles that's what counts and not only what it resembles okay towards you because ah, it resembles your hard work it resembles your perseverance it resembles you pushing through pain pushing through injuries pushing through life problems and still coming on top but that's also still small like what do i really want to do with that first i just wanted to become a world champion that's it i, I never saw anything but that but alhamdulillah like nowadays i'm i, I try to magnify my niya like i want to do more good towards it i started seeing some of that while teaching kids and i noticed how the kids look up to you so every word has to be accounted for you want to instill with them within good discipline good good characteristics good attributes you want to it's also translatable another thing about jiu-jitsu is it's a because it's a hard sport everything else becomes easier not in the sense that it is really easy but no like you just become stronger if you become physically stronger that can translate to other things you know because you know uh, i'm enduring pain now during physical work and it resulted into physical strength also that mental side also translates to you get what i mean yeah i mean what i'm what i'm hearing the whole way through is is that as you advance on one side like specifically to the jiu-jitsu yeah it's advancing everything else yes. in your life so again you mentioned with the kids teaching them discipline but it's like, like you've to advance in your jiu-jitsu you've had to learn discipline yeah Right, so now you can be disciplined everywhere with, with everything else, else in your life. Yes, whether that's drinking soda or eating well. Exactly, you know, it's just it goes hand in hand. To advance in the jujitsu, you've had to persevere. Exactly, it means you now know how to persevere. You can persevere in everything in else. Everything in your else life. in life, because it's hard, you just become stronger. That will translate to everything in your life. In a way, like saying, it never becomes easy. You just become stronger. So knowing that anything you can put me through, I can know I'll be all right. Even in university, when I used to tell you what actually made me become better and finish university was the actual jujitsu. Because I was like, if I don't finish, if I fail one class, I'm going to be late on my dreams. So that always pushed me. I, want, I never wanted to stop and I never wanted to fail. Even something I didn't like, academics, you know, I was like, I got to do this. Because if I quit on academics, I'm a quitter. And one day when jiu-jitsu gets hard, and it didn't get hard till today, I would have quit. I just became a stubborn person. I'm like, <laughs> you know, because I'm too invested in it. I wanted to ask you, how did you nurture, I mean, you say stubborn, yeah. just stubbornness. Yeah. Like, how did you nurture that? How did you, like, did you, was there anything that you did to make sure that you kept going with it? I just wanted it. I just wanted it real bad. I, it's just that image and the, the feeling I got from it. And even sometimes I, I suffered for the past four years of I was losing passion a little bit and I had to re-fall in love with it. Mm. And that's also good because, you know, sometimes you might, when it gets hard or unclear or it's, it's a foggy phase in your life, uh, uncertainty hits, COVID and injuries and stuff, you're like, doubting it you know and if you can push through past that this is when it really matters this is when it's you know you, you can make it even hard work is not enough because hard work when things are good that's easy to do you know because i oh, have a goal you want to do that but what if things that are out of your control happens where are you going to be? And that's why I really relate to Jiu-Jitsu to helping me in life because in life, uncertainty is guaranteed. But it's not, it's how you react to it. It's not, because you're not going to get what you want all the time. If that was the case, this would be Jannah, you know? <laughs> but it's it's not the situation itself that matters. It's not what happened to you. It's not, it's how you react to it. I mean, my my, my favorite, one of my favorite lines 
is a little anecdote where a student came to Rumi and asked him, what is fear? And Rumi replied to him, non-acceptance of uncertainty. Exactly. He said, if you accept uncertainty, you're fearless. It becomes adventure. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu just happened to be my passion. It's just a medium. But in reality, I also want to be a fearless person. Not in the sense that you don't fear anything. That's that's a lie. You fear a lot of things. But a, a fearless person to me is a person who sees the very thing that gets him afraid, yet he still faces it. That's a fearless person. Because if you tell me you don't fear anything, you're either delusional or you're mentally ill. <laughs> you know, there is no way you don't fear things. You right. know? And, but it's how you deal with it. Fear everything and run or face everything and rise. Jiu-Jitsu also kind of taught me a lot of lessons in life. One of them is is not judging others mm. to their capabilities because everybody who does it, you have to respect everybody. Mm. Some people are not good at Jiu-Jitsu. We had a friend that com- loved to compete, but he just sucked. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like he sucked, but he's not that good. Yeah. And he knew it, but he didn't care. And that was so inspiring to me because he kept going. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And eventually he did become better. Yeah. You know? It taught me a lot of lessons. One of the most important ones is not judging. Your pain is valid. My pain is valid. Like, to me, I'm not a natural-born competitor. So it's very hard for me to do and compete and do these things. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes I look, like one kid came up to me one time. He's like, coach, are you that... How how come you're that confident? I'm like, you don't see what's happening inside. I just got good at facing my fears. I want to face my fears now. So I still want to do it, although it's very hard for me. So learning that, I never try to judge people. Like, your pain is valid. Like, if you're going through a hard time, maybe just because your cat died, I won't say that's weak, although I've maybe suffered more. Because... Allah gives people according to them, you know, the tests. So let's say both of us have depression, you know, but one is more severe or one is like happened, triggered by something less, let's say. Uh, I wouldn't judge that because to you it's the hardest thing you're facing. And to me, that's nothing maybe. But it taught me to, like value others look at in a way with empathy and becoming more considerate towards others too really i've learned lessons in jiu-jitsu that you can't even learn in ivy league Uh, it's a life school you know it's existential yes it's real it's physical it's mental it's spiritual because it hits you sometimes not like You'd be surprised, okay, you're feeling physical pain, but it's more the mental that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a world. It's a you mentioned, journey. You mentioned the word spiritual. Yeah. And it's funny, like, I mean, we, we were talking earlier today, and you mentioned something, and in that moment when you were talking about it, it just reminded me that the word Islam means submission yeah you know the muslim is the one that submits submits to allah but it was just when you said that about submission it was like almost for the first time that i heard it and i was like wow you know it also teaches you i mean obviously we we only submit submit to allah but you have to submit Submit and if you're in if you're in a choke and you you submit. You're, 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 you know, you either submit or you light up. See, I learned a beautiful lesson just from you right now. That's why it's humbling. It's, it's. You've only been doing jujitsu for two and a half months, and you linked it better than in a new way for me. I don't want to say better, but you linked it. You gave me a new perspective to it because I never thought about it as, oh yeah. In reality, you submission is knowing. Who's in control, kind of. And the bigger picture is is sometimes, like, I also learned, like, I had to go through deep lessons through jiu-jitsu because I used to be, like, so into mental toughness. And uh, uh, it's funny, in, in, like, these self-help books really sometimes do (laughs) self-destruction. They tell you unrealistic things, especially for Muslims, you know. 
every book I read, self-help, we already have that teaching in Islam, but even better. So I used to always think, ah, oh, I'm going through something. I wouldn't ask Allah even for it. You know, I'd be like, ah, oh, you're just soft, toughen it up. Even the greatest and the strongest of people used to, alayhi salatu wasalam, used to ask Allah for everything. So who am I not to ask? But I had to learn that the hard, hard way. And I was really humbled, you know. And uh, so I, I did gain the mental toughness aspect of it. But then I just retweaked it into a mental toughness 2.0. Mm. It's knowing when to submit and to who to submit to. Mm. Like, oh, we only submit to Allah in reality. Okay, we do get submit in class. You know, that's, that's different. But in reality, like, it's beautiful how you put it. It, it it's like mini lessons of submission can open your eyes into really knowing <laughs> you will never complete your faith unless you know who's in control and you submit to the one who controls this way you're ultimately free you as humans you think ah i submitted to somebody it's uh degrading that's for being a slave to a human that can die allah is the creator you know he created you he loves you he and uh, he wants the best for you. And we were put here basically on a test and Allah wants us to pass it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're submis submitting. And we were saying today in uh, while well, that morning coffee is like cultures can be completely eradicated. Traditions that doesn't even exist. Languages. You cannot at the end of the day, the only thing you can overtake pride is, is in Islam. Is in knowing Allah. Other than that, there is no other pride. You you take pride in your money, money can go. You take pride in your health. How many people did we see degrade and lose their health? You take pride in your family, can perish. Everything can perish. Only Allah will stay. So why not be with the forever? <laughs> submit to the submit to, to the, the one yeah. and only. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I, I made it a spiritual journey too. And like anything, you do your job, you do your interviews. It can be those lessons. You can also put your twist to it and always go back to the root. Your well, I think of the reality of any spiritual journey, is it, I mean, of any journey, any journey itself yes. is spiritual. Yeah. Even your work is a bad. Of course, it doesn't. It's not about where you get to. It's it's the journey. Yeah, it's, everything you can do with the right intentions can turn it into spiritual. Mm. It's on just the, awareness. Yeah, on the subject of Islam. Yeah, I mean, I remember stories of uh, uh, that I heard of the Sirah of mm. the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he was nobody could defeat him in wrestling, yes. even as a child, as, as, yeah. a, as a young man. And then, you know, one of my great heroes from the, 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 the history of Islam is Khalid ibn al-Walid. Yeah. I mean, my, my son, my firstborn, I named him Muhammad Khalid. Oh, mashallah. Muhammad, because my name is Abdullah. Yeah. So I have to call him Muhammad ibn Abdullah. And Khalid, Khalid ibn al-Walid. Yeah, mashallah. You know? And you, you read the biography, there's this brilliant biography written by a Pakistani general who studied the life of Khalid ibn al-Walid and all of his battles and went to each of the battlefields. It was a 30-year journey writing this book on the life of Khalid ibn al-Walid from the perspective of a general. So this is a military general writing the life of a military, the greatest military general, you know, of all time. And the first thing that you, you, you're reading in this, the, the, the rivalry between Khalid ibn al-Walid and Umar al-Khattab began in their childhood wrestling. Yeah. And wrestling is one of those pastimes that we know is... I remember somebody was telling me, or maybe it's not wrestling, but there are four pastimes that are that there's benefit in it as Muslims. Yeah. There's uh, riding horses. Archery. Riding horses, archery. Swimming. Swimming. And wrestling. Is it wrestling? I'm not sure. It's uh, uh, Prophet, peace be upon him, والسلام, said, teach your children three things. Mm -hmm. Amongst them is riding, horseback riding, archery, and swimming. Sure. They're essential. Mm. 
and then but wrestling it was also it's the sort it, it was yes it was it was the thing is wrestling is the oldest sport ever known to mankind and it's it's like we were saying it's fitra yeah. you put two kids in front of each other the first thing they're gonna do is like some sort of a grappling yeah form they're gonna hug it try to hug it out and just <laughs> bear hug him or headlock him everybody even adults in the street when they fight they headlock people yeah. it's a natural thing to do it's like i want to get a hold of you mm. you know so and all grappling sports i'm really intrigued by because it's it's a uh, naturally instilled in us boxing is kind of learned you know to punch somebody in the face but, but like first day you started jiu-jitsu you notice it's instinctive uh somebody closed their legs and i tell you you gotta reach to the side mount i just tell you the goal of where you gotta go now and you notice somebody's closing your leg you just start automatically pushing their knees i didn't teach you that but you just know i gotta escape yeah and uh, it's beautiful I, I i learned this lesson from bruce lee it's like he and it helped me out in my phase where I was kind of lost even in the technical part of jiu-jitsu, the techniques. And it's like, uh, I felt like a robot. I don't want to do something unauthentic. I want to be my style. And that's when he says uh, his style is no style. Take mm. what's useful and disregard what's not. And that's also translating everything in life. Mm. And Bruce Lee was saying, going back to it, uh, there's th three stages to learning. First is instinct. So... I like that. I explained to you. I close my legs, and I tell you to get to side mount. You have to push my knee, and you want to get past what's stopping you. The second is learning techniques, and the third stage is unlearning. You just flow. Yeah. You already know what the position is, what the technique is, the mechanics of it, but you can't stay in the second part. Which is just try just technique. Sometimes you need to flow, because this way, no matter what position you you don't you don't want to think. Sometimes you want it to become second nature, and this is why martial arts, like they always say, uh, it has to be the motion state, no mind. The mm. motion state in Japanese is is let it flow. So if in the streets somebody is coming to attack me, even I'll be like. Uh, uh, wait, let me practice. I want. Okay, you're coming from here. I gotta punch you with the. You can't do that. It has to be instinctive, but with technique now. Mm -hmm. So this is the third stage, and the ultimate stage is, is just unlearning, and just let it flow. Let the art show. Mm, that's interesting because one thing that I've found in my two and a half months or whatever it is, is that I'm not just. It's not just physical training. It's mental training, yeah, and I think it's even more mental than the physical, exactly. because it's even before you get to the gym, you've got to go to the gym, knowing you're going there. You got it's to, a mental. You've got to get whether you whatever it whatever else mentally. is happening in your life, kids, wife, exactly. work, stuff, people. You have you've to. You've got to make that time. You got to get there. You know, you got, you got <laughs> to get funny. to the gym. Yeah. Now, when you're at the gym, you you've already succeeded. It's, it's beautifully well put. It's so true. Everything is mental. It mm -hmm. starts mental. Let's say the physical work. You're already there, so you're gonna do something. But then, once you're there, and now you're grappling, now you're on. You're yeah. now you're on the ground. You're rolling, whatever. That's a different type of mental training, which. Involves I'm physical, loving. that's why. Too. Yeah. But it's like you're playing chess with your body. Now, the problem with me, where I'm at, is I don't know any of the rules. You, you just move <laughs> you know, the I rook. I don't know how the rook moves. Yeah. I don't know how the exactly. horse moves. I don't. Maybe I know how the pawn moves. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you're that's you're still I'm at that pawn level, let's say. Now, I wanted to ask you, yeah. from a personal perspective, Yes. at what point for you did you... At what point did you start playing chess, basically? You're always learning. And that's what's humbling about it. Going back to the humbleness. And uh, even my dad taught me back in the days. Because, you know, karate nowadays is watered down. Right. And my dad did the proper karate. Like, he only had three belts. It was white, brown, black. Right. And it was back in the days, It wasn't there, there wasn't even a brown. There was just white to black. And how was it? 
what's the reason behind it is you start as a white belt and through the years and wear and tear and the 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 dirt it picks up it becomes black no and then once you become a black belt you keep training you keep wearing that belt it becomes white so it's an ever never ending journey of learning if i show you my dad's black belt it's actually almost white the whole belt shreds oh wow because of okay. the hours you put in and you keep mm. tying it it actually loses its color and the whole reasons behind that belt is actually thought of it's not just a belt system for ranks it's more deeper than that it's more mm. philosophical it's that you're always should be learning and uh, it starts to become more of a chess yeah after purple cutting down on the philosophical <laughs> part it's because you start that phase where you're learning techniques so it's in the second phase mm. now you're just testing out techniques once you reach the third stage which is probably i unlocked it after i read that book so maybe if i read it at purple i would have unlocked it <laughs> but no i'd say brown black but what book the bruce lee book oh, okay, okay. his notes it's not actually a book he wrote it's, it's a compilation of like thoughts his oh, wife like a gave, journal yes a, his journal mm. and that guy was light years ahead of his time wow and uh so we were saying yes um uh, it's knowing when you reach that no mind state uh, quite a bit earlier you were talking about your competitions and competing and the competition mindset and all of this and it reminded me of you, you know the famous formula 1 driver Ayrton Senna yeah of course so it, during his era nobody was nobody close. Could come close and he said something fascinating he said when i race he said i'm not competing with the other drivers i'm competing with myself that's the real secret if you let's say if i was a basketball player i don't want to even compete with kobe cuz let's say i surpass him i'm going to stop it wasn't fueled by my own goals it wasn't it's a good benchmark but it's not you it boils down to you against you it's cuz if i did as simple as 50 push-ups as a task i can do 51 so if i'm always challenging my own self i always say this i always tell myself and i tell my friends and to, and people who ask me i'm nervous or something even in the moment when you like yesterday I, i or the day before i competed it's me against me it's a, sure i'm facing an opponent but in reality be, before the opponent or like you were saying before i have to mentally go beat myself to go to training before the physical work starts it's I'm battling my own demons before I fight that guy. I'm I was just techniques versus techniques, but it, in reality I'm moving the techniques. So in reality everything boils down to you. No, and that's also in everything in life. Nobody will ever see in the eyes of Abdullah or my eyes Abdul Majid. So and which reminds me of a saying of uh, Ali. I don't know if I understand it wrong, but to me this is how i interpret it is uh I, i forgot the whole thing but it's like you think you're 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 nothing وفيك طوال تحسب انك جرم وفيك طوال العالم it's like little do you know that the whole universe is actually within so it's like in a way your own nobody will ever live in your shoes kind of thing i see things so it's always you it's always you it's you against dudes it's how he competes artisana that's what separated them mm. you know if you look at others you're going to stop because it's limited but in reality you against you it's unlimited because you know you're honest towards yourself you know if you pushed really 100% or not nobody can answer mm. and that's why i i tell people sometimes that's why losing you learn from losing not from winning it's very hard to learn from winning mm. takes maybe that's why i lost a lot <laughs> and alhamdulillah looking at it as a different perspective is is i learned how to learn if you can learn from winning you made it i won two days ago but did i really look at my mistakes not yet but i should because i did a lot of mistakes that fight but you know what i mean when you win you celebrate 
you could take it easy. But when you lose, you, you have to learn. So yeah. if you can learn from both, you mastered it. Wow. You're into the next level. And that's why in training, the mindset for training I like to have is train like your number two, compete as your number one. So always be hungry. Always be that contender mindset when you're training. So you never relax. That's why for me, I like Habib. He always trained. He never stopped. Like MMA fighters tend to take breaks after fights. But I really like the guys who have a martial artist approach like GSP, who are always in the gym, regardless if they're in camp or not. These guys are always learning. It's not the mindset also. What I was just saying about second place first. That, that's just um, the tip of the iceberg. But yeah. it, in reality, it's searching for become better, searching to become a better martial artist, searching to become a better you is what gets you to that mindset of uh, training. What's the name of my podcast? What's your name of your podcast? You don't know? No. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. In Search of a Muslim Hero. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's it's awesome. Just, you got to keep searching, man. It's yes. Search. Inshallah, keep I'll keep searching and I'll become of that. Because like I said, going back to my dream, uh, I wanted to make it bigger than just me. Yeah. What good is a world champion if you don't inspire or be of good to others? I want to be that world champion that not arrogantly walks, but in reality, it should humble you more and be of good to others, service to others. It's like you want that little kid that wants to follow his dream of becoming a pilot or whatever it is. I'm not saying I want people to do jujitsu like me now. Yeah. But knowing you made it, regardless of who you are, what you are, and what you're made of, and you you kind of opened up the pathway you showed them the way and that to me is better than any world championship is to use that world champion is just a label but i want the others to discover that path in their own journey so whatever you want to do yeah. it will unlock it for you if you like richard bannister the guy who broke the four minute mile it was thought impossible before he did it but once he did it everybody did it like 20,000 plus people did it and that just unlocked in your brain so it also it's all mental too it's you it, once you know people have done it it's easy i mean you mentioned khabib just now and what i saw in khabib is i mean it's, it's almost like what you were saying if you can learn from winning right, to an extent but i mean what i saw was here's a man that with all the money all the fame, all the the, the, the kind of uh, social affirmation is still, still him. Khabib. And he, is, and he will stand there on live TV in front of the entire world and say, Alhamdulillah, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, Allahu Akbar, and it's normal. And for me, personally, it's just so refreshing. That's the ultimate form. Never get carried away with your own dreams and goals too. What do I mean? Like, these are for you. They're not you. You make them. You know what I mean? So it's being authentic with yourself all the time. Honestly expressing yourself. I learned that from Bruce Lee, that words themselves, but they're so true. And that's what you just said about Habib. I want to be like that, not because I want to copy Habib. I want to be my truest form. And eventually... Everybody should. You know what I mean? Because um, Habib is Habib, whether he has the money or he doesn't. Like, even speaking of money, uh, money is good if it's not in the heart. You know what I mean? If it's in the hand. Like, you can do really a lot of good with money. It's not a bad thing, like people say. Right, yeah, yeah, when yeah. does it become bad when it enters the heart? So he's not controlled by money. He's not controlled by external factors. It also goes back to subhanAllah, submitting to Allah. Knowing who is in control unlocks that for you. Habib is Habib knowing uh, Allah can make him sick and he can never ever compete again. Which is the one, I mean, you put me onto the video of uh, Habib's weight image, cut. Yeah, his weight cut, right? And there's a beautiful part where 
he's on the floor he's he's so weak and shattered and broken they're kind of mopping the sweat off his head and the man standing next to him is just repeating the ayah for in the matalusri yeah. and it's just i mean obviously they're translating it all from yes. from russian yeah but at that point they translate the arabic and they actually put it there in english yeah. it's like with hardship comes ease, comes ease. and it was it was a be- it was a beautiful beautiful just seeing that and the fact that they had translated it it's a beautiful message to get across like and just thinking of it now habib un- released this only after he finished competing because he showed his he was weak and fragile ah if he he wasn't told these words man, it's so hard to as a human self you cannot rely on yourself even the strongest people of nowadays i don't want to say other eras let's say like habib is a tough guy we look up to him as one of the toughest guys to walk the earth right now and he was fragile you know what i mean and it's a beautiful thing to so many lessons can be taken up it's yeah. it's uh, in martial arts and spirituality and in life itself ah it's just uh, martial arts is a catalyst it's true cuz you're always battling yourself before battling others so it's like you said i wanted to battle myself to go training when you're beat up like yesterday i'm sore from the tournament <laughs> and guys in the gym want to train with me it's an opportunity to, to learn it's an opportunity to teach others and help others cuz mm-hmm. they're respectful enough they help me around it's also giving it's many things so it's a beautiful journey and i'm blessed to be before i used to even get carried away with my own dreams and just dreaded ah, now i want to enjoy every step of the way mm. doing the best i can to become the best version of me whether it's on the mats off the mats spiritual when you can say i just want to live yeah to the fullest in, in reality that's it it's feeling everything i mean that's the other side of it is that oh, what is living is being in the moment exactly. and what does jujitsu teach you to be being in the, the moment. moment that's one so of the biggest like... lessons translated <laughs> it's so translatable to life yeah jujitsu it's not just a sport it's not just a i don't want to say like these guys say yeah, jujitsu is a lifestyle no 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 it's, it's just a really good medium a school for life sports is very much needed i think it's 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 directly correlated to linking the body and the mind exactly and you and need the, that yeah my dad always used to tell me things i i just understood right now as we speak he used to say mind body and soul i think you need to as a martial artist link all three mind body and soul and that's why martial arts are so good cuz they unlock that yeah but it's a journey 12 years I'm learning as we speak right now meeting Abdul Majid and recording this episode I have to say was really quite moving without knowing it he answered many lingering questions of mine and through his being he showed me the results of discipline and maintaining perseverance and in a nutshell he brought me ease after a time of difficulty so i want to extend my thanks to abdul majid and as your name means the slave of the all glorious may your submission to the all glorious bring you glory in this life and the next thank you